1: by the show's generous supporters on Patreon, supporters who get access to bonus content, including a recent episode on whiskey for Patreon supporters only, uh, a Discord server where you can chat to other listeners, discuss North an Bickers and Shield, and a whole lot more. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash Derek. And now the show. Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Motherfucklore, a podcast about words. Irish. Irish. <laughs> Irish words and words from Ireland. I'm Derek O'Shea.
0: And I'm Bader O'Quivonic. And as you can tell, we're not in studio together. That timing was terrible.
1: <laughs> we're not in studio together. But we are using a new recording technology called Remotely.fm. If you hate it, tell them. Not us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you hate the jokes on this podcast, it's all the fault of the platform we're using. (laughs) I hope they paid uh, for that SpawnCon, did they?
1: Uh, well, I just thought like I was re- look recently looking over some old you know '90s CDs, yeah. sentimentalizing my youth again. And something I found in the old CD album inlays is they'd always say you know the drummer uses Zildjian cymbals and Pearl um, drum kits, and the guitarist uses Les Paul guitars. They'd say these things, and I thought yeah. it was almost like it was expected. It wasn't considered product placement because it was like bad, bad. people genuinely want to know what kind of equipment you use.
0: Ah, oh, but those were—I mean, if that appeared on an album sleeve, um, it's like you can take it as read that those were freebies, that the the drummer was sponsored <coughs> by Ziljan or that the guitarist was sponsored by by Les Paul, and like that's the payoff. Mm. I know, a, I know a very, very good, an old friend of the family, a very, very good and successful and brilliant drummer, one of Ireland's best. He's he's gigged with the best of them, and mm. he has been he's been sponsored by by um, by kit makers. And, you know, has, has turned down um, pretty good sponsorship deals to go with a preferred provider because he just likes yeah. those skins. And, yeah, it's cool.
1: I think it's certainly if you are a 14 year old boy or girl who is learning the guitar and you, you want to know, yeah, well, like, what, what's, what's your dream, what's your dream axe? And you probably do look at the different album label uh, inlays and say, yeah, I would like to use the one that Jimmy Page used. He seems like a nice guy. He's never done anything untoward.
0: That, that was a F- F- Fender Les Paul, wasn't
1: it? <laughs> um, Fender's a different company, but Les Paul was this big one. Like he would have used, um, this Fender did a Stratocaster, if I remember correctly. Oh, was that right? And Les Paul did the Les Paul. Uh, the Gibson did make the Les Paul Les Paul. <laughs> Listen to us, two dads with beards talking about all 70s music and guitars uh, on a podcast.
0: Oh yeah, no. The Gibson Les Paul and the Fender Stratocaster are two of the most, most iconic electric guitars available.
1: Yeah, cool. See, Welcome actually, to Mother
0: Folklore, a podcast about dad rock.
1: <laughs> and you know what happened then? It all, everything went to, everything went to fuck once Rat broke up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I'm way too, way too young to get that joke.
1: There's a rat reference in Cobra Kai, and now that Garageen's not here, we can actually talk about Cobra Kai. Yeah, but we're not going to talk. <laughs> about it.
0: New season, but we're in a not going to talk about
1: Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh,
0: okay, okay.
1: The the Radio Nova of um, Netflix shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God! Absolutely bodied.
1: <laughs> I do love it.
0: Hey, remember nostalgia?
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah, wasn't that great? <laughs> Or I'm always I, I, just, I just I get a Peter K image in my head anytime ever, anyone mentions anything nostalgic for the 1980s. Now you know, but I shan't do that. But speaking of nostalgia, <laughs> this this has been this has been such a long year that we can almost be oh, nostalgic man. for January and February.
0: I I am nostalgic for January and February. I I am and, and mm-hmm. because like the last the last pop up Gweldt was in February, like uh, like that's so long ago. We're sitting here on a, a cold December evening, and it was a cold February evening, the last time I went for Scoops. Le hmm. And that's um, that's a long time.
1: If I'd known no, that was a pandemic was about to happen, like, I would have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's everyone's excuse. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a good one, no. to be honest
0: with you. If I, if I had known it was going to be the last one for a long mm-hmm. time, it was a lovely one. It was a lovely vibe. It was in Neilan's Jack Neyland's pub on the corner of Strand Street and Capel Street. And it was uh, mm-hmm. was a very, very nice vibe. They're just, just hanging out with some some really cool people and uh, just had a, had a lovely evening of it. Um, got a kebab, went home, feeling very, very satisfied with what was a lovely night out. And, uh, yeah, on a sauce delish. And then, uh, and then we didn't have
1: another one for the rest of the year. Mm. Yeah, absolute, absolute scenes. <laughs> so it's, looking back on the year, this is not our, our proper Christmas episode. You'll get that next week. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to create something very special. But I thought, you know, the year's nearly done. We can't wait to be shook of it. And, but at the same time, it's it's an opportune time to look over all that stuff, but more specifically word of the year other well, dictionaries rent, you know in, in america and uh, in the united states of so america and in the united kingdom the oxford dictionary they like to do at the end a word of the year you know uh, the oxford english dictionary say oh, we we added this word to the dictionary and we uh, kicked these other words out but more, more typically they say "Oh yeah we added the word like cottaging or something and <laughs> <laughs> and people, and then some people say, "Oh, well, that word shouldn't be in the dictionary." I mean, I presume that's long in, <laughs> but, but then yes, they'll say, "Oh, these new words like um, like K-pop has been added to the dictionary," and and then the people the people kind of you get you see, it, it gets a lot of comments. It fills that that what I call state papers week very nicely with con- solid content. But it occurred to me that maybe you know this tends not to be done, and this is it's, it's been a big year. For Irish, and that we had a, a brand new dictionary released w- in which you were cited.
0: Yeah, Papa in the dictionary. I'm I'm over the moon with that. Absolutely class.
1: And it occurred to me it was night. My hope we would. Lo- I would like to start a tradition of looking at the Irish word of the year. I try this sometimes on the Irish forum. I by running polls, but generally speaking, I think the oh, when when I first did it, it, was, it, there was a big choice between it was either Ashgar. Trumpador or uh, or Sasmach, and you know and, and you find it became a popularity contest rather than a reflection of the activities of the year. But oh and, and fuck fuck of course when we 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 create ourselves <laughs> I but, yeah,
0: to be fair, did did you not create Sasmach
1: yourself? I didn't. Sasmach, I think was uh was I think Sasmach was Big Monster Love or uh um, oh, Carl cool Cormac or 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 Cormac. Cormac, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Corm- ah, Cormac yeah. McCarney, a, a, yeah, a wonderful, actually, just one of the one of the great kind of uh, gentle giants of Twitter. Was uh, someone with, with who has incredibly knowledgeable on a, a wide range of topics and a really good guy. And he's written a book about uh, about Lost Dublin, and which is worth looking up if you get a chance. And yeah, and he's definitely worth following because he always has something interesting to say, and he has lovely Irish but yes uh, I think he may have been He's maybe the one responsible for Sossamuck and, and whereas fuck fuck is the one we came up with for a fuck boy yeah <laughs> great now I have to do, now I have to do a warning but this episode contains swear words because the, the podcast is called Motherfuck
0: this episode contains references to fuck boys so please don't let anyone listen to it <laughs>
1: Anyway, so, yeah,
0: so, uh, so look, the word of the year, right, it, it generally tends to reflect um, like, OK, the ways that we can calculate word of the year for a start, probably the most efficient way by far and the best way is to find out how many people are looking up this word online and using it online and, and words that have never really appeared or trended before that sort of crop up. Uh, and and then words that have always been in the lexicon but are appearing at a rate one would never have expected them to. So, for example, 2019's Word of the Year, and it's it's a, a really well-respected and, and very, very cool guy, an academic from America called Kevin Scannell, does an awful lot of research into use of Irish words online, uh, those mm-hmm. words in Irish, and uh, and his word, 2019, the Word of the Year, was aeroid, or climate, and anybody who can remember way back twenty five years ago in twenty nineteen um, will tell you that like way back then in the pre in the before times uh, when we didn't have to be more than two meters apart from each other and we were allowed to have pints, way back then. Um, climate was a major concern uh, it was a massive concern and RTE was doing all these programmes about climate and of course there was the big uh, green wave in elections all across Europe and the Irish local elections being being no exception and so climate was at the forefront of people's minds Greta Thunberg had done a huge amount of of, of that of that work so a lot of people were looking up the word they were using it online they were translating it for their essays so Aeroid was more or less undoubtedly Fuckel Nablina Gavi listening Mm-hmm. so this year mm-hmm. no surprise <laughs> the equivalent <laughs> the equivalent mm-hmm. word uh, number one word of 2020 is coronavirus
1: but patter why can't the Irish language come up with something beautiful and wacky and druid for coronavirus instead of just stealing the English word and putting a few photos on it
0: I'm going to climb into this computer and box you <laughs> into the mouth <laughs>
1: but people will say this and I mean we will give them we'll give them a direct answer once which is this is how all fucking languages work
0: yeah yeah like it's not as if like the elements of corona neither corona nor virus are English like you know what i mean it's it's uh, neither of those words are english so it is a combination of two loan words into english and then what we've done is we we've taken it and you know at the end of the day you can probably and there is an argument for coming up with a unique term to your language and like you know, something like Nagoron or something like that like the disease of the crowns you could you could do that you could but it wouldn't be as technically accurate it wouldn't be as internationally recognisable and you know it also sort of ignores the reality that there are first language irish speakers out there who go to irish language media sources for their news so if they're hearing about coronavirus asperla all day the term needs to be readily recognisable um, yeah. when, when it gets there. And, and that's not just because it's close to the English. It needs to be simple and straightforward enough to people understand that when T.G. Kahar are talking about, you know, Tokos or Nua Virus Ingalia, everybody needs to know that that's the same thing RTE were talking about an hour earlier you know this is this is vital for communication purposes so while well, i get the idea that wouldn't it be lovely if we could just have a bunch of people in a room coming up with delightfully poetic words that don't sound anything like the english i mean yeah anything to get one over on the tans yeah it doesn't <laughs> sound like you boys at all but it's not it's it's not accurate it's not necessary and to be honest with you it is quite an anglocentric view of things. Certainly, certainly right. a monoglon anglo-centric view of things, like just this idea that like uh, copying the English word again, like it's not English in the first place. Mm-hmm. Sorry.
1: I think the, the idea, and particularly for people who only occasionally encounter Irish, to think that maybe that the priority of, of translators or the terminology databases to come up with a word that delights them, rather than something that's useful for people who use in every day. And in, a, in an Irish language newsroom, when something does come across for the first time. The first time they that someone says there, there's a movement in America called Black Lives Matter, or what are we gonna, what are we gonna call it? And you know there, there's there's basic guidelines for how these things are translated, and this in the very first instance. And then we we actually look at how at actual how, okay I, I, at usage as well. So that's and that, that is, this is something that is particularly true with um with something that has a global issue like coronavirus. Wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's um like looking at looking at how words are used and, and and the impact that they have on people. In particular, look, you mentioned Black Lives Matter, and and that's that's quite an issue, really, because we still haven't sort of got to grips with how best to categorize the the term black as in skin color, and and uh, you know it's always 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 best practice to listen to those. Who it's about, or, yeah. or you know, uh, uh, about about whom it is. How do I not end that sentence on a preposition? Who cares? English is mm. a weird language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, the people whom whom it most affects. So you know, people have uh, some some people um, who who are, are um, who are black or of African or of Caribbean descent have said um, Gorum. And some people have said dove. I'm more comfortable with that. And to be honest with you, again, I find it so fascinating because in that particular instance, and and like and obviously, I am speaking from a position of immense privilege here as like a, a straight white man in Ireland. Like I've never been affected by racism in my own country, so I am speaking from a position of immense privilege when I say that it's fascinating. But this idea, this conflict between dove and gusgurum, um. It, it very much comes from how we describe colours in English. Yeah. Because in Irish, black and blue are sort of, uh, they're along the same spectrum. And we're yeah. not the only language that does this. Like, if you look down at your phone, there is a um, there is a, a a function called Bluetooth. I'm using Bluetooth headphones at the moment. Bluetooth headphones are named after Harold Bluetooth, famous king from Scandinavia way back when in the in the in, in the yonder days. Um, yeah. Of course, Harold Harold didn't have blue teeth. What happens when your teeth go bad? They go black. Black. Yeah. But but in Finnish because it was Nokia who came up with this, uh, and, and in fact in, 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 Nor- in Old Norse as well, black and blue were almost interchangeable. And the Irish word for navy blue, a dark blue, is du hurum or dove ghoram, a mm-hmm. black blue. Yeah. So they're, they're on the same spectrum. So to take the word black in any application and translate it into Irish, yes, you know, you, you get you get dove, but shades of colour are rarely black and white. So there's a subtlety to it. And Gurum can in certain instances mean black as well. And it's it's there's a lot of like there there's recently sprung up urban myths that like, you know, you can't you can't call somebody dinna dove because far dove means the devil. It's like, no, you can absolutely say dinna mm-hmm. dove. You can. If if that's what you prefer as a term to refer to you, then that's Fair. what I'm going with.
1: Like no one actually really uses when no nobody when they're referring to the devil either in um in religious writing or in casual conversation calls the devil and far dove anymore. That's like that's that's very much anachronistic, and we're also and that 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 doesn't explain that that there's no issue then with band of or part of That's it's only you're, you're only look at one particular part of the of there. So I can I can see I know um I know our our all our regular visitor to this podcast has written an article recently about um. The politics of hair and black women and she has used the, the phrase and it is a nose of course always worth checking she's used the word ba- band of uh, yeah. in, in, that, in, the, in that particular article.
0: Yeah and, and as I say like I'm, I'm always inclined to, to listen to someone who says this is how I want to be referred to rather mm-hmm. than pontificating and to say this is how you should or shouldn't be speaking about someone and and, and, yeah. and that, that's that's the most important thing here so look the use of of language therefore is is absolutely vital and how how that is applied it should always it should always be in in sort of in as much as is possible in, in conjunction with with experts or with uh, you know with with people who, who know what they're talking about or predominantly have that lived experience it would be mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely vital to do that
1: so when we are Reading news about about China or Tibet in um, in English language media, they we would you'd see a phrase like Fal- Falun Gong wouldn't be translated, and and similarly you'd say that and 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 but whereas maybe if the phrase like the Communist Party would be would be translated, I mean there are there are guidelines for how these things tend to work. Uh, Am I right?
0: Yeah, like if you don't have to translate someone, if you, if you don't have to translate something, um, it'd be quite a uh... It's 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 usually useful not to do that, like
1: mm-hmm. you know. I think so. I think so. There's, I mean, yeah. You see that, like, um, ETA and and in in Spain, or the Basque country, more specifically. Uh, those those terms are, aren't kind of translated into their in English. They aren't translated on on radio Nalipha or radio galic either.
0: Yeah. yeah, Well, radio naficta actually, strangely enough, um, it's only very recently the radio naficta got out of the habit. Of translating the names of all sports persons into all Irish sportspersons into okay. Irish. Like that's that, that guidance was only issued, I think it was five or six years ago, but it's relatively recent. Like you would have had at the time Paul O'Connell August Brian O'Driscoll playing for Ireland and and caught Niholior oh. boxing at the Olympics. Like that that was that was the established practice at the time. Now They're directed to only translate the names into Irish when there is a known equivalent that that person has used. So, for example, with Gaelic footballers, a lot of them have, like me, two versions of their name. They could be Peter one day and Padder the next day, and you're instructed to use the Irish in that case. But for the likes of, you know, Johnny Sexton or the likes, we don't need to call him Sean O'Shaston. That's, you know, it, it's it's Johnny. I do you remember
1: um, a couple of years back at the height of his fame and the height of his popularity in Ireland, particularly, um, that Ed Sheeran was referred to on on either either writing together or writing the as, as on Sheeranach.
0: On Shiranoch, well, that as a diminutive term of the mm-hmm.
1: name is still is still uh,
0: in, encouraged because I think it's absolutely mm-hmm. the bomb. It's I I love yeah. that, like you know what I mean. We very very rarely hear any equivalent of that in in, in English, the exception of
1: the arad Yeah, you know? <laughs> your first name was the yeah are the yeah. calf. In my own
0: personal case, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I love that. Like you know, I, I'm on Kwevanoch and you're on Sheyach, and like I, I think mm-hmm. that's class as a way of referring to someone in the shorthand. It's it, for a language that doesn't tend to use Mister. Yeah. It's 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 pretty good. I know we have that version. We have like on Tussel, but yeah. I mean. I personally hate that. I would hate to be called on and son
1: McIvannigans. My dad hated on Tussle as well, and I, I remember when he, when when I was asking for help in my homework and you were writing these kind of um, business letters, I'd and he would say, "Oh, like this, this on Tucson is nonsense. Everyone, it's it's a carra, and you know what? If they're not your, you know, if yeah. they're not your friend, you still call them a carra the same way. You know, you you might call someone mate, um, in the queue that you're yeah. having an argument with, passive yeah. aggressively." <laughs>
0: Yeah, passive-aggressively, really?
1: like, achara, get this done for me, or else, like,
0: yeah. yeah, absolutely, like, and it's, it's like, and and again, I know that we've discussed this in the past, but, like, I'll say it again, like, what's the worst thing that happens, like, if you write a letter to the Taoiseach and you start it off with, Mihal achara, you know, what's the worst thing that happens? Like, he decides not to write back to you because you didn't say Ahishiguso.
1: Ahisha Kousa. yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, like,
1: it's, it's not going to happen. I can either. just imagine his private secretary getting the smelling salts out because he saw a letter when she wasn't addressed properly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the Taoiseach has fainted because somebody called him Mihal. It doesn't go that way.
1: No, like. no not, not a bit. He's not, yeah, he's not the Pope. But... Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't think the Pope would faint if you called him Frank.
1: Oh, Frank! <laughs> no, it's...
0: Oi, Frank! a fr- a achara
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a papa french is it's a papa french is a great yeah. one but i remember when uh, this is something in um, that that Brendan Behan wrote about in um, the hostage on uh, in which there is a uh, an irish language activist stroke ira person who's called monsuer Monsieur monsuer On account of there not being an equivalent term in Irish, and they decided to go with the French rather than the English. And Ah. Behan obviously had a, um, like, like Flanner Bryan, maybe felt left out, even though they had one beautiful Irish, they felt left out of the Irish language scene, particularly the the Arab East, um, upwardly mobile, kind of new kind of um, uh, meritocracy, for want of a better word, who and but he, he certainly had for for someone writing in irish he certainly took a lot of digs at that particular at that 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 particular kind of person but most people see won't see themselves in that
0: no it's it's certainly um, it's certainly not something somebody puts their hands up to say i'm a proud member of that particular clique yeah. the the so-called guelgor mafia yeah. <laughs> we still have that lazy trope like today. Um you know. And and look, I, I guarantee you, like the lived experience of Flan O'Brien or, or Brian O'Nulan, uh, as he was, and and Brandon O'Bachon, Brendan Bean, like they, they definitely encountered that sort of snobbery and 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 that sort of nouveau cliquishness of, of of the nascent Irish language revival re-revivalism of the sixties and seventies. Um but like that sort of hung around like a bad smell. Like it's not something you really tend to run across on a daily basis anymore and yet it's still there. Like it's 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 just there as one of those lazy tropes that you read in an August article written by an overpaid, underworked columnist
1: it's a lot like the the people have this they have a platonic image in their head of a wine snob even though very few people have, have have had an encounter with a wine snob that left them feeling angry and humiliated yeah you know i mean it's it's very unusual for someone to actually you know be be kind of um, be be mocked by a waiter for ordering white wine with a steak or demanding their red wine be chilled or or even just not not knowing that a certain grape like the the kind of the classic Del Boy Nouveau Beaujolais from 1979 from, <laughs> from seventy nine ra- rarely happens, yeah. and if it does, oh, people mange you know. Monjed two.
0: Um, mange two. <laughs> 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 well, at the end of the day, like you're not going to get mocked relentlessly by a sommelier or or a waiter. I mean, for a start, like if you're if you're going to a restaurant that has a sommelier, hmm. ask the sommelier for how the wine should be served or what wine you should have with this, because they're professionals. And if you're going to a restaurant where the yeah. waiter is presenting with a, with, with a list of wine and you order the quote-unquote wrong kind of wine, um, they mm. want a tip. They're not going to call you an idiot. Like, yes. it very rarely happens that, like, you sit down and you say, you know, what wine would you like with the swordfish, sir? It's like a cava. And they say, fuck off. Mm. It doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. And even then, so yeah, it's... it's yeah, there's, but 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 at the same time, people have an idea in their heads of of a wine snob as a particular type of person that's you know out there that who they can who they might and people who who are interested in wine often will like a big scene of how they're not like that even though most you you don't get that whereas you know you you people don't with a different set of opinions don't feel any need to apologize for them or qualify them or explain that they're different from a certain kind of bad dude. I've just googled it, Derek. Uh,
0: apparently, Cava
1: yes. goes great with swordfish. So, but... about that? That was a good call. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've, I've never had Kava with swordfish. But I've, I've been. T- Anthony Bourdain once said, "Never to order swordfish in a restaurant." Anyway, did he? Apparently, yeah. I know he, apparently, he thought, is,
0: uh... I, I love his book. His first, uh, his first book, Kitchen Confidential, and like the tips mm-hmm. in it, like you know, never order the seafood special on a
1: Monday. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. We, we 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 digress. We were we were at words of the year. So coronavirus.
1: virus is the most searched for word of the year. And then you have the issue is that you say that what's the, the a new word of the year that that's that that's very interesting that that's a sign of the times that a certain new word has come along. And then what's another word that maybe describes you know certain events of the year that's in a particular way. And you find this. I think was it fake news. Was the word of the, word of the year? I think it was in 2016 or 2017. And. And then people might say, you might find a word like, say, that like cancelled may suddenly have taken on a new meaning, even though we've always had the phrase cancelled. Yeah. And this happens. And so, in addition to, I mean, yeah, so, um, Kevin Scannell, P- P- Professor Scannell? Yeah. Professor Scannell has, has done wonderful research on this area. And he has come up with a list of, of 23 terms that have been 20, yeah, widely searched. The, the
0: 23 and words of the year, in order. Um, and like coronavirus is the number one term, um, followed mm-hmm. by pandame or pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- like some of them are words that we've always had, but they've never been used in as huge uh, a sense, uh, a- as they have done, um, you know, as they have been this year. Um, then after that is Dean glasol, which is the Irish for lockdown, gar hagval, mm-hmm. Which is um, uh, close contact De um, dequiverha, which is uh, in a sen- in the sense that it was applied this year, it's reopening, like the roadmap for reopening Ireland. Dequiverha, um, yeah. fein leithishe, agus fein ainiru, they mean the same thing: self isolation. Um, like there, there's just uh, all of these words that like have to be invented. When when something comes up, like we are, like at the end of the day, we, we are, we're inventing these words in English I- in a sense. Like, you know, yeah. self isolation was not something that was really in the popular vernacular, uh, you know, up up until 2020. So why would it be in Irish? So, fein letleshu or fein ainaru, air Ali or ventilator, um that was when things were really, really bad, obviously. Quarantine, meaning, meaning, um, uh, quarantine, uh, number remote work which was um, like really something that again was not something that was in the vernacular because it wasn't something that was in our in our in our culture uh, for the longest period of time um, there was also a de or, or or disinfectant which every school child every girl school um, in in the country they know what a degoleron is because they have to put it on their desks at the end of the day uh, Roy or outbreak, virus, virus, Ryga. Yeah, I love it. Like, Ryga is an outbreak. Um, so, Ryga is the genitive of, of outbreak. Clue uh, Haru, this was cocooning, a word that came up earlier on in the year. And most of us hadn't heard it in that sense in English either this idea that if you are um, over 70 or you have a pre-existing medical condition that makes you vulnerable to covid-19 um, that you should lock yourself away from society in effect so kluharu, haru cocooning deamkorum or intensive care ainaru isolation and again we had fain ainaru earlier on but this sort of ainaru is 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 slightly different um which was which was next and that's contraction so, in this case, it could also mean gathering together, and funnily enough, it comes from the same root as the Irish word for um couch Tulog
1: because
0: oh. a couch is a seat on which you can sit together, so tullough. Oh. so tu coming together uh, or in this case, contracting um, and you know, contracting is in you know downsizing in a sense, but it also means contracting is in getting the disease um okay. Ultostol for mass testing viroli for virologist kean aulam we had kean uber earlier on kean aulam is is remote learning and you know mm. interesting enough most people who have done their leaving cert in the last two decades would have learned at some stage kean realton which is remote control so kean mm. as well as being a cool name that lots of cool guys yeah. have is uh, is the word for remote um, symptom meaning symptom uh, Dean Sriantha for restrictions, and then finally the last of the twenty-three uh, COVID words of the year: maskana.
1: Maskana, of course. Maskana. That's obviously because the Phantom of the Opera has been doing so well. Yeah,
0: yeah. but there is a bit of a like maskana. Well, you would never really use, certainly not when I was growing up. Like a Halloween mask wasn't a mask, Oscar. It was it was no. an like fiddle, a, 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 a fake face um Hmm. and so for halloween you'd have an Ike fiddle but masking it makes an awful lot more sense uh to employ uh when you're talking about like face masks as as we've all grown used to seeing over the last couple of months
1: we'll be right back after this short message from another wonderful podcast on the headstuff podcast network
0: Hello, Joe Rooney here. Back in 2015, I recorded my first Potter Rooney, and since then I've been chatting to people that I meet throughout my travels, here and there, all over the world, including Sean Locke, Mary Coughlin, Frank Kelly, Joanne McAnally, Owen Colgan, Shazia Merza, Aidan Gillen, and Cocha Reardon, but loads of people you'd never heard of who have very interesting tales to tell including the, sadly, no longer with us Boston-based comedian Barry Crimmins, who led a crusade against images of child abuse on the internet, Tracy Carroll, whose daughter Willow has the highest grade of cerebral palsy, Drogheda Homeless Aid, Christine Volset, a Norwegian singer documentary maker who ended up hanging out with the young lads in Nursery City, Dublin, and riding bareback on a horse through the city streets. All these very interesting tales to tell, and all you have to do is skip the first six minutes of me talking rubbish. That's
1: Pataroni.
0: It's they're really coming in handy in the
1: winter. The masks, yeah,
0: yeah, they keep the beard warm.
1: And I was I was walking through Dublin town today, and the masks are a great way to avoid people.
0: Yeah, unless you recognise someone's upper nose and eyes.
1: And it's 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 interesting. You know the way I, I think about how. When people look back at, at fashion trends and obviously masks have, people have gradually realized, yes, there are certain kinds of masks, you know, are stylish and people have made opportunities um, from that. But also I've noticed that um, some people who, some makeup wearing people have really upped their eye makeup game.
0: Well, if you're not concentrating on below the nose, you probably have that spare time, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm living for this year as an excuse not to look after myself properly. Like it's, um, I I don't have to leave the house, so, I mean, in that respect, I never put on makeup anyway. That wasn't my habit, but I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 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 barely looking like a functional human being these days, and it's amazing.
1: <laughs> I tell you, it's it's been it's been interesting, that's for sure. And
0: <laughs> oh man, it's been so such it's been such a tragedy. It's been such a terrible year. The loss of human life is catastrophic. The amount of otherwise sensible nations that you'd look at and think, surely they couldn't massively balls this up, massively ballsing up this pandemic. And and then, of course, the resident Egypts over here who will look at like our lockdown restrictions, it would, you know, and we didn't do perfectly, like we didn't do brilliantly here in this country and we haven't done. But to look at a lockdown. And to say, here there's 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 not a lot of cases. We don't need this lockdown and like like oh you bleeding ticks like you know, there's not a lot of cases because we kept away from each other, because we stayed safe, because we stayed apart, because we washed hands. It's not evidence that we need to all of a sudden go back to breathing on each other.
1: Yeah. We may never yeah. go
0: back to breathing on each other, Derek.
1: You and I, That's we a may terrible never thing. breathe on yeah. each other again. Something else interesting that uh, in twenty twenty no it's related in some ways and this I just, you just
0: I'm not going to dignify that word response I'm going to segue <laughs> <into> something else
1: <laughs> so so I mean people have noticed maybe that that they the the Anglo kind of hegemony that they're so used to has been maybe has been found wanting in some ways. And not so much Australia. It seems Australia has moved back on quite quick enough. But during this year, something like that, the most successful band of the year are a Korean band, BTS. And the most successful film of the year is this, is a Chinese movie called The 800. And that after, I guess, recent successes between you know, how well, well K-pop has been doing, how well, I guess, um, non-English language films have been increasingly taking a bigger kind of share of the world box office yeah. as things have gone on. Um, are we... Uh, are we turning a are we turning a corner? Has a corner already been turned about about English? Actually, and mm-hmm. the English language content being being the world's most popular format for entertainment and for culture.
0: I don't, I don't know. To be honest with you, like you're looking at the odd the odd outlier, like Parasite winning uh, the best picture Oscar, and uh, and yeah, like it's it's great to see. I, I, am I going to get absolutely reamed by a bunch of K-pop stands if I say that, like, K-pop is hitting the mainstream, in a sense? Or was it always mainstream? I don't know. I don't want to offend them. They're a
1: vicious bunch. Oh. Um, it- But the... You don't offend them, but we're not offending to say the fact that it's getting to a point where, rather than just saying, "Oh, isn't 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 K-pop a, a, a something that's curious, it's different," we're saying, "No, actually, these this is these are the biggest bands in the world now." This particular, and they're getting getting to a point where it's yes, we, we are very much past the Ed Sullivan stage with BTS. Uh, inter using the Beatle example,
0: I I've like. literally um, never heard them. And um, and I've definitely I won't say I've never heard of them because I have a Twitter account and so yeah. therefore K pop is in some ways an ever present, but um I'm just I'm I'm not familiar with their work you know um, but yeah look they seem to be I don't look if you like it like great mm-hmm. I don't know but I just I just think it's a weird year you know and and like if the most popular and and successful film of the year is is a Chinese movie. Is that down to, is it that down to this particular movie? Is it down to China? Or is it down to the fact that Hollywood is almost at a complete and total grind? It's an uh, at an absolute standstill. And, you know, the cinemas aren't open. So major studios are holding off on all of their big releases. And, and frankly, mm. the Oscars are going to be terrible <laughs> next year.
1: Well, you know they've 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 never been a great night's entertainment, but I suppose for me, I'm, my point is that I suppose I'm hoping one of the one of the episodes I'm hoping to do in 2021 is to look at how look at silent movies and particularly how the introduction when, when when talkies came along the the soft power of the English language has been has hinged on movies and pop music. It's very significant that the, that that other languages are basically are competing with that directly now over a hundred years later, almost a hundred years after the first talking.
0: One thing I will say on this is like English isn't going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And certainly from what I see, and I am by no means an expert and really open to correction on that, but most of the discourse I tend to see online about K-pop is in English. So I don't know if that's vastly outnumbered by the amount of discourse about about k-pop in korean i really don't know but i see enough of it in english
1: to my my german friend's goal is this this der spiegel paradox and that english people the english language speakers think everyone in german is very hip and liberal because they only meet um the bilinguals that people they meet tend to be more likely to be reading der spiegel than the build mm. and a, a monoglot's impression of Germany, a monoglot English speaker's impression of Germany will be entirely coloured by their experience of bilingual Germans.
0: That's true. No um, no monoglot English language speaker has ever um, dropped acid with uh, a, a Bavarian uh, sheep farmer halfway up a mountain. <laughs> Just hasn't happened, like.
1: Uh, if it is somebody wasn't aware of it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so I'm not obviously people people who currently speak English will still speak English, but at some point, the concessions uh, that people around the world have made to English language media in terms of you when you go to. Germany or France, and you're watching the news or the showbiz news, they'll have like Justin Timberlake or whomever else on, they'll have someone dubbing over that, and people or they people decide, well, if we're going to show English language entertainment, how are we going to reconcile the, the you know, the, do we use subtitles, do we dub over those kinds of decisions? And gradually, more and more often, you, you, you will find, yes, that people in English-speaking countries are going to start having to make those decisions about significant pieces of pop culture.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think you are going to see it work. Th- you're definitely going to see it work the other way, like the, the latter part of what you just said. You are going to have yeah. to see us in Ireland and people in the US and New Zealand and Canada and Australia and the UK um, trying to, I shouldn't say the UK... Yeah, I'm going to get killed, uh, Britain. Um, the, either uh, by the
1: K-poppers or the in Nord- yeah, yeah. France.
0: <laughs> I'm either going to get killed by the K-poppers or Maeve McDade. Like, it's, uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know, like, you know, you're you're definitely going to see people in the Anglosphere, hopefully anyway, and I think it's trending that way, consuming a lot of non-English language media. And, and worrying about, like, the dub or the subtitle and which one is better and, you know, the arguments. and Subtitles are obviously better. It's, it's class. But I still think, like, like, again, to go back to the before times when we were allowed to breathe on each other, like, my dad's a musician and has done recent European tours. And when he and his band appeared on... Dutch television and Belgian television, both Flemish and Walloon. Um, It's a case of like, here's a show in French or Flemish or Dutch, and then we'll listen to the band sing in English and we'll interview them in English. Mm. And it's a live show, so we're not even subtitling it. But what we are doing Mm. is we are giving a huge amount of credit to our multilingual audience and saying that there are enough people out there watching this television programme who have studied English and speak it to such a degree that they can enjoy this content. And I don't yeah. know if I don't know if that's going to happen in Anglosphere Nations. I don't know if we're ever going to get to the stage where somebody, a, a particular expert on a particular topic or a particular entertainer who only speaks Spanish comes on to Claiborne or comes on to Primetime or comes on to the Late Late and Ryan all of a sudden flexes his perfect Spanish to ask them a few questions. And there's enough people out there in the audience who speak... You know, one of the world's most widely spoken languages. I don't like. I cannot see that happening at any any mm-hmm. stage in the the short or medium term.
1: It's definitely development. It's it's it, it, there. There have been once or twice when, when like um, Gangnam Style and Baby Shark and things like that came along. people you you, you can only call them once off so, much, so many times. Usually, you can only call something once off once. And then to have actually to have something with the critical of cleaner Parasite come along at the same time as with the, with the commercial success of the eight hundred suggests maybe that actually if these these exceptions keep happening, they it eventually it won't be they won't be exceptions anymore. But this is just to put the the context in that as as twenty twenty ends, you know, and we are entering uh, another decade of centenaries, a, diff- a different decade of centenaries. We're depending on how much of a pedant you are. We're either starting this decade in a few weeks, or we've already we're near a year down. Are you a uh, a zero to nine decade or a one to ten decader?
0: I really couldn't care less. Is the decade called the twenties? It's the twenties, isn't it?
1: Yeah, if that's the case, yeah, So, so it you're,
0: start starts at twenty twenty
1: then. Fight me. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I, I, can, <laughs> I can live with that. My father. Brennan, my old history teacher would not have have done that, but I mean, I would. I did try so to argue wait, with so that f- z- zero AD and one AD could coexist, or minus one BC, minus one BC and zero AD, but both, both exist at the same time. It's like the way twelve o'clock is also zero o'clock.
0: That makes no sense to me in the context of when does a decade begin, but I'm sure it's very erudite and clever.
1: The idea <laughs> is that a decade begins, that if the first year ID is one and not zero, then you think the first decade was one to nine. Not, yeah, but, um,
0: but yeah, the first decade was only nine years long
1: because there was no zero. One to, one, to ten, one to ten. And then if you, if you follow this, every decade starts in a one but I think I, I think every decade starts in a zero. I think, you know, just it is what it is.
0: Yeah, because like, I mean not to, get, not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but are you mm. going to tell me that like 2020 was part of the decade we're going to call the teens and 2030 is part of the decade we're going to call the 20s and 2040 is in the 30s and so on and so forth like, no, I'm sorry, like I and I will go to, when I was growing up my granddad had this brilliant album at home, a double uh, LP called 40s Mania. All the best jazz oh. <laughs> hits of the 1940s. <laughs> and it stiff. very, very distinctly and clearly included uh, some tracks that were released in 1940. So, Ooh, well, so there you rough, are. There you have it. Like, if it was released in 1940, it's the music of the 40s. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine, like, oh, I really like the music of the 1970s. It was like, no, that particular track was released in 1970. So it's the music of the 60s, actually. Like, no, I'm sorry. That can actually get in the bin. Sorry, Father. Father Brennan was yeah, it? Sorry, Father Brennan.
1: Father Brennan. Uh, he's, get the uh, bin. he's no longer, no longer with us. But well, that a,
0: idea I can get in the bin.
1: <laughs> okay so back to the, the word of the year so that's, obviously at that's this point you know, I would invite our listeners to to send us a voice message on our whatsapp number to say what they thought, think the word of the year is we'll try and include some of those some of the most more interesting suggestions in our Christmas episode next week that would be very welcome but before we wrap up Pat would you like to know what my word of the year is oh Tefo. it is Exumoil to use Zoom or to meet people on Zoom. <laughs>
0: exumoil, yeah, I exume like that. Oil. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that my um, my word of the year is sues um, glacer or up dressing. Not glacer sues, uh, not glacer sues, but up dressing, which is when you're exumoil and you only decide to get dressed from the waist up.
1: Ah, yes, of course, the old um, the old tie and white fronts. <laughs> well, in my
0: case, it's like uh, a shirt, tie and jacket and then a pair of ratty old jeans and a pair of runners.
1: Because,
0: <laughs> like, I'm always going to wear trousers because I'm not a weirdo. But um, I, I'm not going to wear the nice ones because you don't see them.
1: <laughs> Proper. Yeah, exactly. Why? why like I, I'd say, I, I, yeah, people have not been ironing trousers this year, that's for sure. <laughs> no, there's hasn't been a crease in these jeans. <laughs> Padder, thank you again and for joining me for this in, in, important discussion about you know, the words of the year and the, the, the fortunes of the English language.
0: Yeah, are.
1: Iowa. So until the next time, it's a slán from me.
0: Agus slán wemsha.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Mother Folklore. Well, vocal comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you can't wait that long for your next podcast fix, Headstuff have a number of other very interesting shows, including The Wonderful World of Wikipedia, one of my top finds for this year. Thank you very much to the Headstuff team for all that support. Thank you to Brian, our producer, for the production work. Thank you to Kirsten Scheel for our episode art. If you'd like to support the continued production of the Motherfuckler podcast, you can support us at patreon.com forward slash Dark. There are still discounts available for annual subscriptions if you don't want a monthly deduction. If you'd like to contact the show, check out the WhatsApp number in our show notes or the email address there, motherfuckler at Until the next time.